On July 11, 1997, Detective Paul Hale left his suburban home and locked the door. It's something he would do every day to keep his wife and two daughters safe while he was away at work. Just five days into his new role as a detective, he clocked in and teamed up with his new partner. He never clocked out that day, never went back home, never unlocked the door, and could never again embrace his wife and daughters. Welcome to the Uniformed Reality Podcast. Police officers sharing their stories. This is their reality. Welcome back to the Uniformed Reality Podcast, where the realities are nowhere near as uniform as you may think. If you have the chance, hit that subscribe button and share this podcast with your friends using the hashtag Uniformed Reality. It will help me tremendously, and I will tell you why. I mentioned before that I work for the Charlotte Mecklenburg Police Department, but our guest today is from an entirely different area, and social media is one of the biggest reasons we were able to connect. The second biggest reason we were able to connect was because of the email that I put into the description of each episode. I know it seems redundant at times, but it is the best way to contact me directly. I want you to ask questions, I want you to give your insight, and I want you to share your story. The past several episodes, you've heard the realities of several veteran officers, but a reality you've yet to hear is one from those we leave behind every day when we put on the badge, step out of our homes, and into the communities that we've adopted. It's the ones we leave behind every day that can oftentimes tell our stories better than we can. And unfortunately, there are times when there are the only ones that can share our stories for us. Not too long ago, I got an email from someone who shared her story with me. It really hit close to home for me, and the more I researched her story, the more I had to have her on the podcast. Stephanie, thank you so much for, number one, reaching out, and number two, making yourself available. I know you're extremely busy. Uh, when we first met, we were talking a lot about the different things you do. You wear a lot of hats, so... Uh, this could go on for, I'm sure, a couple hours. <laughs> uh, tell us about yourself a little bit. Um, so I am a mom of two. I have a six-year-old girl and a three-year-old boy. Um, I, my husband and I started and run a juice and smoothie company called Green Brothers Juice Company. Um, and then I also am a medical writer for a clinical research company. Um, so I've been working on some of the vaccine trials and all that. So do a couple of jobs. Well, just a couple here and there. <laughs> nothing uh, too specific, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I mentioned earlier the email you sent to me and mm. the when, when you opened up with the email, something really stuck out to me and resonated with me. It said, I love your podcast. Now, obviously, selfishly, that made me feel really good. <laughs> but there's a reason you put that in there. Why did you tell me you love the podcast? Um, I think you guys are just doing a really good job of kind of giving people a behind the scenes look at what police officers do, what they go through, kind of the day to day, something that people don't get to see. Um, and I think it's something that people need to hear. Well, and I, I really appreciate that. It's, it's a lot of fun getting the information out. I really like uh, getting officers to tell their stories, because if if we don't, somebody else will. Uh, talking about different industries, you, you're you an entrepreneur, uh, you help in the medical industry, and you will get to in a minute more so uh, in, in more detail, but you also are part of the law enforcement family. Mm -hmm. um, being part of all those industries, mm -hmm. what's one of the biggest 
differences that you see in those professions? I mean, I think in terms of law enforcement, there's it is more of a family. Um, that's something my husband and I have tried to create with Green Brothers is making our employees feel like family because that's something I saw growing up. Um, so it's more than just going to work and being with them as an employee, but it's having them over to our house for dinners and connecting on a deeper level. Um, a lot of the employees babysit for us. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> kind of, we just try to carry that from what I learned growing up from the police force um, into Green Brothers. Yeah, one of the things I really love about the profession I'm in is just the the brotherhood, the sisterhood, the family feel of the uh, the team environment. Now, getting down into the biggest reason we had you onto the podcast today. I want to talk about your dad. We mm-hmm. want to take the time to honor him. Um, but tell us about your dad. Who was he? Uh, what were his passions? What did he do professionally and privately? Just tell us about him. Yeah. I mean, I think he was passionate about me and my sister. He would go to all of our swim meets and walk up and down the side of the pool while we swam. He was definitely a go-getter, very hardworking and driven. He cared a lot about everybody in the police force, made a lot of friends. I know you were uh, really young when your father was killed, but you still have a lot of memories of him. Is there any uh, particular memories that you have of him that stick with you the most? Well, so I do remember on the day that he was killed, he actually was off during the day. So he took my sister and I to a park to play with our dog. And that was just something he wasn't, when he was with us, he was very present and making sure he was spending time with us. And even though he may have worked night shift and only got two hours of sleep, he would wake up and play with us and take us out. And there was no, like, he was never really off duty because when he was a police officer, he was a police officer. And when he was home, he was dad and he did everything he could to be with us and to support my mom working full time. So did you ever get to see him at work talking to the community or doing any of his, uh, doing any of his work? Um, no, not really, but he did come, he came to our elementary school dressed as a police officer and gave a speech to my friends. And I remember them being (laughs) very impressed and, um, kind of shocked, but it was really cool for him to talk to, you know, kids my age. And I think everybody had a little bit more respect for me when they (laughs) realized that my dad was a police officer. Was it respect or fear? (laughs) Ah, probably a little bit of both. (laughs) So, yeah, and, you know, he would come pick me up from school in his uniform and everybody would kind of swoon around him and of course, ask him questions and ask him if that was a real gun. And mm-hmm. Yeah, all the typical <laughs> yeah. questions kids ask yeah. cops, right? Yeah, but he, I mean, he loved that kind of stuff and he was always interested in doing things with the community and helping people out. And I think since he was so into community and helping others Mm -hmm. they when we lost him everybody felt like they lost somebody Mm -hmm. that had touched their life so it really goes to his character and the passion that he had for his uh community yeah it's almost like he treated his community the same way he did uh did his own family yeah for sure i think that's probably why he was called mr mom (laughs) (laughs) now to clarify was this mr mom inside the police department or as a whole like everybody who no the police okay (laughs) he just looked out for everybody at home uh, 
He wasn't really Mr. Mom. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes he was. (laughs) But he took care of everybody at the police force. He wasn't responsible for punishing people at the police force. More so at home, right? Correct. Yeah. (laughs) He just looked out for people at the police force. It's great to hear you honor your father. You have a perspective that we as cops don't have. Every day I put on my bulletproof vest without even thinking about it, right? I I go into the office and despite how uncomfortable my vest might be, I I still put it on and I don't even notice it. And even sitting here in the podcast studio when there's arguably little reason to wear it, I've still got it on. And my point is that I don't really put that much thought at all into what life would be like without me. I, I just don't. But my family does every single day when I put on the badge and go to work. What was that like as a child? I mean, I don't think I was only seven, so I don't think I ever really thought about him not coming home. I think it was just kind of a cool, you know, my dad's a police officer. He's protecting people. But it was never a thought that he would one day just not come back. Yeah, I can't imagine the pain of losing one of my parents, especially at a young age when we're supposed to have plenty of time left. What was life like after your father was killed? I mean, it was pretty hectic, I Mm -hmm. guess, at first. Um, A lot of people came over, brought us meals, took care of us, drove us around. A lot of it's a blur for me just Mm because I was so young. In addition to a lot of the pain that you and your family went through and losing your father, you mentioned to me when we were talking about this episode, some of the challenges that y'all had, you know, Mm -hmm. when he was not around anymore and some of the steps that y'all took to help others who have gone through the same uh, situations. What are some of the things that your family did? So my grandparents started the 200 Club in Raleigh. It got started about three years after it happened. But one of the big things was when somebody's killed in the line of duty, you have to go through life insurance and wait for that money. So there's no like instant money and you're also just down in income. So the 200 Club is a club where you can pay $200 a year to be a member. And then um, that money basically goes to a family of EMT, firefighters, police officers, anyone killed in the line of duty. They get that check within, I think it's 24 hours. And then after it happened, there was a law that was passed that said that children of officers killed in the line of duty get free in-state tuition. Do you think that the the steps that your family took are some of the reason that compelled that to be part of the law? Yeah, I think it just brought to light kind of the places that were missing. Um, I think he was probably one of the first to have young kids. Um, So then they saw where the holes were in the system and how they needed to change the system to better support those families. Was it feel to be part of something like that? I mean, it's pretty cool. I like thinking that even though what happened to me wasn't good, it did have good come from it. And now if the children of officers or firefighters or EMT, they're going to be supported in a way that wasn't there before our family went through it. 
Yes. Well, I, you know, from me to you and I'm sure from all the other officers to your family as well, thank you for going above and beyond and being that family that you talked about earlier. Uh, and this is going to sound a little re- a bit redundant, I know, but I, it really hits home for me, the whole family part of law enforcement. Earlier, you mentioned how close knit the profession of law enforcement is. And looking back in time, what kind of reaction did you get from the law enforcement community? You mentioned a little bit about it. What kind of uh, reaction did you get overall from the community? I mean, I think they were just there instantly. It was, um, I can't remember. I mean, I went to bed and the night it happened and woke up and our house was filled with police officers and stayed that way. And people would come pick us up and drive us and, you know, take me and my sister places to distract us or play with us or do whatever we needed to do while my mom was doing what she needed to do to get through it. And then, too, with the trial, they would drive us and my grandparents to the trial and do all that stuff, too. What kind of reaction did the community have? You were talking about law enforcement. One of the things that really make me want to do the job is the support from the community that we get. What kind of uh, reaction did the community have? Um, I mean, I think the first community memory I have is for his funeral people were lined on the streets and that from the church to the place where he was buried um the whole way it was just lined with people saluting or holding out signs of support um so I remember that and then just donating money bringing us food restaurants brought us food um stores donated dresses to us um there was an article I recently read that said a homeless man cashed his disability check and donated it to us, which is, I mean, it's just crazy to think of that kind of support. Wow, that is incredible. The The support from the community is something that, like I mentioned a second ago, it really helps me continue my passion for the job. You know, just the other day I was out grocery shopping in uniform. I was going home and grocery shopping in uniform, which I don't commonly do, but there was this lady, she was chasing me down <laughs> and she's like, Hey, sir, sir, can I, can I bug you for a minute? And uh, of course I'm thinking like she, somebody just stole something or she found something she needed police assistance. And, uh, my response, of course, man, I'd be glad to help. And the only thing she had to say was thank you for what you do. So the community support, I'm glad to hear that you uh, felt that uh, strongly when your family was going through that trial. What is one of the best ways that we can honor your father as a community? I think you just said it, just respecting police officers and telling them thank you and remembering that they're human and that they have families to go home to and just helping them feel like they're supported Because I know back in 1997, we definitely felt very supported by the community as a whole. So just doing things like that, saying thank you or, you know, remembering that you can talk to an officer, you can wave to them. You don't have to be scared of them. (laughs) I think probably you feel a certain way when people do that to you. And so I think that's probably the best way to honor him and the whole police system. You live in Charlotte now, right? Correct. How long yeah. have you lived in Charlotte? Oh, gosh. Eight years. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Is there anything that uh, your company, specifically uh, Green Brothers Juice Company, is mm-hmm. what it's called, uh, is there anything they do in the community to help out? Yeah. So we do a seasonal smoothie every season, and we pick a different charity, and we donate the proceeds from that smoothie to a certain charity. 
which begs the question, what's the flavor this season and what charity is <laughs> So this season is um, peppermint bark. It's like a chocolate peppermint smoothie. And the proceeds from that are going to the SPCA, Bark it- Dogs. Okay. <laughs> it's very... Uh... Um, but we've worked with like Levine Children's Hospital. Um, we did the Atrium Hospitality House that kind of houses people mm-hmm. while their loved ones are in the hospital. Um, what else have we done? We did Heal Charlotte. Um, yeah. So we just pick different, different places and charities that we want to support. And that's kind of our way of giving back to the community switch it up to kind of spread the love of course yeah it's uh awesome to hear now your employees uh are they uh they get excited about that yeah they do. they love it yeah and we help we have them kind of help us create the different flavors for the season we get people to put their ideas into a basket and then pick whichever one we like the most that's fun when when you said green juice i was thinking like maybe kale and cucumber which immediately at least for me turned me off so <laughs> yeah. let's see y'all have some variety there yeah. you know, we try to, to sneak by. the vegetables in so you can't really taste them oh gotcha <laughs> <laughs> well even if you don't drink green juice if you happen to be near green brothers juice company stop in And thank Stephanie for not only her service to the community, but also for her father's service to the community. Stephanie, thank you for being here today. And uh, we welcome anyone to listen next time here on the Uniformed Reality Podcast. Thank you.